This week's episode has a content warning for racism, sexism, and suicide. Full Metal Jacket is a movie about the Vietnamese War from the perspective of the United States Marine Corps. It is difficult to watch, and it is difficult to talk about. If exploring these topics would be too difficult for you, please skip this episode and join us again next week. Either way, thank you for listening. Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're gonna watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. Hi everyone, my name is Joseph Langwa, and this week, we'll be watching Full Metal Jacket. Hi, my name is Ray Hiroso, and you know what, this movie... It's going to keep us nice and warm because we're all wearing jackets in the middle of winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. It sure is is winter right now. December, November, December, and January are fine months here in Michigan. And then as soon as February hits, it's the worst season ever. February is the worst part of winter. It always has been, always will be. Mm -hmm. It's the worst month. Well. It's also the shortest month. Yeah. Most years. So. It's a good thing that we've all got our uh, our full metal jackets on to keep us warm. Can you tell me about what happens in this movie? Right? Absolutely. It has nothing to do with temperature, actually. Um, okay. So Marvin is a man who is wearing a full metal jacket. Um, so And that's how the movie what starts. Does what so does that mean? So it's a life support jacket. <clears throat> um, he is a soldier in a war in the near future. It's okay. the, the timeline. Well, um, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Real quick, when when is this movie made, and when is it set? If it's in the near future, nineteen ninety five, about twenty thirty. Okay, okay. So it is still future for us. Yes, the near future. Got it. Got it. Uh, so uh, we open with Marvin in a fight scene, and uh, the the jacket is revealed, and we get an introduction to why he's wearing the jacket, which is. Um, he, he got exploded in a fight and some doctors, uh, Victor and Gail, doctors, Victor and Gail, please remember them. They are important. Put this life support jacket on him and also gave him some upgrades. This is a sci-fi movie. So Uh, we're, we're looking with kind of an Iron Man situation. Yeah, I was thinking that and I'm like, oh no, this is not Iron Man at all. It's not, it's not because I mean, Victor and Gail fixed him up instead of iron man fixing like fixing himself up i guess or whatever but there's definitely differences but we we got a a template to work on right absolutely um so this movie is a bit of a a winding journey it's about marvin being a soldier and relying heavily on the jacket to you know help in the fights that he's in Mm -hmm. uh and so does he get put on like special assignments or stuff like that is he in the vanguard yeah, he usually goes on, like, solo assignments. That's, like, what we see a lot in the beginning. Um, okay. In the second half, he goes with a couple people, including Penelope, his wife, who is also a soldier. Um, that's how they met. Uh, and sh- she's fine. She's chill. She's cool. Uh, Does she have any relationship with the jacket at all? Like, like, or or her own augments or anything like that? 
no she's just a really good soldier um that's like her thing is that she like marvin they were like really high up there they were about equal in strength and then marvin got the upgrades because he got exploded which penelope does blame herself for because she wasn't the reason why he got exploded i see um they worked through that during got it cool um so do they win so here's the thing the main bad guy is marvin's brother gene um gene is the commander of the enemy army yes we don't learn that through until halfway through the movie uh and about three-fourths of the way through the movie um well this is yes ray Mm -hmm. is his brother's name gene because he's wearing metal pants no. instead of a metal okay nope. sorry <laughs> okay. no good i didn't even think about that no <laughs> um so as the movie progresses the reason why penelope is assigned with marvin is that is because he starts losing a lot of like uh tactical battles um even though he has these upgrades so sh- she is assigned with him to kind of you know push forward uh huh. Um, and then they keep losing these fights, and then about three fourths of the way through the movie, there's a confrontation with Gene, and it's revealed that the jacket by Doctor Galen Victor has been tracking them and their movements the whole time. Oh wow. Um, and so there's this whole thing of whether or not he can keep the jacket on, or if he can take it off and maybe die. It's a whole okay. thing. Okay, because maybe he doesn't actually need it at all, and they just yep. told him that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, and there's that whole contention. Uh, and uh, there's... I don't want... I'm like, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I'm like... Yeah, don't spoil it. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to watch this. I, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> Me neither, folks. Um, uh, at the climax of the movie, Marvin attaches the jacket to his brother, Gene. And then pushes him out of a building. Okay. Uh, whether or not Gene dies, we don't know. What What about whether or not Marvin dies? Does Marvin die like shortly thereafter? Or we don't know at all. Okay. Oh, uh, it just ends there. Like, yeah. Like he he's falling out the window and credits. Well, there's like a post-credit scene where Penelope is talking to some folks, but it's not clear if Marvin died or not. Okay. Uh, and they were setting it up for a sequel. I see. And then that sequel never came? I don't know. It's still too early to say. (laughs) (laughs) Ray, this movie was made in 1995. Is there a sequel or not? Sequels? Okay, I have a question for you, Joe. How typically, how long is it until sequels are made? Well, for okay. movies, fair enough. Because, like, if you look at the Alien franchise, it's like eight years, right? Uh But, I mean,. I, I think that if you go more than a decade, let's say 15 years. If you go more okay. than 15 years without making another movie, then whatever comes out next is going to be a remake or a reimagining or a, some kind of spiritual successor. It's not going to be a, a direct sequel in Fair. the same franchise. Okay. As of right now, there is no sequel to Full Metal Jacket. Okay, so that's kind of a bummer. We don't. We never find out what happens to Marvin. We never find out what happens to Gene. Um, Correct. So, did did this movie do poorly at the box office? It's not then? a good movie. 
Oh, okay, it's bad. It's bad. This is a bad movie. I'm sorry if I didn't say that up front. Okay. Well, how is it bad? Like, like, is it like too cheesy? Are the effects bad? Like, what's going on? I think they focus too much on the effects, and the story kind of loses its way. Okay. Here and there. Really? Because I've been, I've been kind of enthralled by the plot here. I'm, I mean, the it way, is silly. Like, it's a silly. Conceit, I mean, the way I'm explaining jacket. it makes sense, but like watching it, the pacing is really bad because it's okay. like fight after fight after fight, and there's no like. Conf- confronting the problems the emotional problems at hand and then halfway through the movie they're like okay now we have to talk about our issues and you know did we earn that not really okay 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 and then and then like victor and um gail just kind of end up being bad like suddenly like that was that seemed kind of yeah they're like there's they don't even come back but they're important obviously they're like you know, the ones tracking and telling Gene what's going on, but... Um, who plays Marvin? I don't, need, I don't need Penelope and Gene, but I want to know who plays Marvin. Who's the, the, the leading role? What's his name from Law & Order? Hold on. Hold on. I don't know his name, but I can picture oh, him. The, the the Silver Fox? No, that's a different show. I'm thinking of CSI. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, Criminal Minds. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no. No, it is Law & Order SVU. It's uh, Chris Maloney. Chris Maloney. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, the, the Law & Order guy. The Law & Order yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good casting. Yeah, it's too bad his potential was wasted on this very bad, bad movie. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody got, got to get their start somewhere, right? Everybody gets their one. <laughs> what's the What's the guy I'm thinking of? He's, he's the, he's, I think his name is Mark. Zuckerberg? No, he's got, he's got gray hair. Hold on. Are you thinking of... Who are you thinking of? What show? I'm just curious. I, I feel now. like it's a CSI. Oh, the the CSI Miami guy? Yeah, maybe. The guy with the sunglasses? No. No. We're thinking of no, different people. No, not that guy. Okay, not that guy. Welcome to We Just Figure Out CSI. Yeah, this is all getting cut. Oh, this guy. Hold on. Crime procedural gray hair guy. <laughs> is it Ted Danson? No, it's not Ted Danson. I see Ted Danson on a poster of a CSI, so. What are you talking about? Mandy Patinkin? Maybe. From uh, no. Criminal Minds. He was uh, Mr. Montoya. Yeah. Princess Bride. So not good. Who are you thinking of? Are you thinking of David Boreanaz from Bones? I'm not. Ah, uh, this guy. NCIS. Oh, Mark Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon, yeah. I, I forgot about NCIS. Mark. I I should have known when you said Silver Fox and Daddy. I should have Silver, known. I didn't say I'm, Daddy, but I implied it. I'm so sorry. I said I, it was Mark, and I said I think he's from N, uh, CI, CSI. But NCIS is very, very close. I am to sorry that. to Mark Harmon specifically for forgetting about I'm him. Like, yeah, I'm like really shocked that you weren't able to get there with I my clues. To, so, fun fact for everybody in this cutout content, I used to watch NCIS all the time in <laughs> high school. 
And somehow I didn't know I was gay and looking for a daddy. Anyway, anyway, uh, Chris Maloney is our is our Marvin. Is our Marvin stuck in a full metal jacket? Which character? Which which actor gave the best performance, or, or which role was best performed? Do you think? Honestly, um, it's either between Jean and Penelope. Jean doesn't get a lot of screen time. Uh, but it, he's, he doesn't, he's played by, um, oh, <laughs> what if he's played by Mark Harmon? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Maloney's uh, brother is Mark Harmon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, Chris Maloney also plays his brother, Gene. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. But he doesn't, like, ooze campy villain. He's, like, actually, like, serious and bad. So he plays the villain better, you would say, than he plays Marvin. Yeah, he probably has to do with the writing too, right? Yeah, and he has less screen time, but also plays with it a lot more. Okay. Marvin's like a pretty straight edge character, but Gene is like you know trying to destroy an entire continent in this war. So. Oh, was there any was there any music that stuck out to you that was used in this movie? Um. Remember, this was made was, three years before The Truman Show. Yeah, for some reason, my thirst, first thought was Happy Dinosaur, which is not featured in this mm, movie. It's not. It's also not the name of the song. <sighs> You're right, it's Jurassic Park. Um, wait, did Truman Show have music? No, I'm just trying to give you an idea. Oh, of, I mean, okay. it had score music. I'm just trying to oh, give yeah. you an idea of the time. Oh, what's that one song? Okay, hold on. Was Velvet Revolver around during this time? Hold on. Can't believe I'm just pulling out my entire past on this one episode. Uh, Uh, Origin in 2002. So, no. Oh, you know, hold on. When was this song? Hold on, wait. Um, TNT by ACDC. Oh, Which is used a lot during the fight scenes. It actually becomes a little bit overbearing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They use it like three or four times in the same movie. Yeah, and it's also every single fight Marvin loses, so. Cool. Um, all right. Then I think that I think that wraps us up. I am very much looking forward to watching this movie with you. Um, can you tell me your favorite line, the one that stuck out to you that you remember the most from Full Metal Jacket? Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's when... Marvin is contemplating taking off the jacket and he looks at Penelope and he's like, this jacket doesn't have a zipper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, Great. Great. Let's go eat some popcorn. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Ray, I... <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard a croak and yeah. I'm like, frog. <laughs> I uh, traditionally start the second half of the episode by asking you how you're feeling, and I just feel like that's an unfair question right now. I have one major thought in my head, if that, if you want that. I had it ready because I knew it was a whole conversation we were going to have. Um, somebody's going to watch this movie and think, heck yeah, yes. Yeah. And that's the scary part yeah. for me. Uh, yeah. 
Like, there, people will watch this movie and be like, ooh Marines, even though it's very clearly and very directly an anti-war movie. Is it? Yes. Now, yes. But also, it's just a movie that portrays the atrocities of war. Well, yeah, you're right. You know, I guess I take that as, as for granted, like, in the same way that I think that a lot of movies and media in general is anti-capitalism just by portraying capitalism <laughs> like right that's fair um, but is what's the intention right yeah like Behind it is it. It, it, it it's not it doesn't like beat you over the head with anti-war messaging but it is um very honest and it's very very honest it, it pulls no punches uh on, on what war and the whole military complex did yes. to people specifically during the Vietnam War in America. Yes. I was about to ask you, what do you want to talk about first? Masculinity, brainwashing, war, but you have to go through a whole There's... plot summary first, Yeah, huh? let's do a plot summary. Full Metal Jacket is unfortunately not the... 80s action movie that Ray described. Um, Which I would like to watch I still. so want to see that movie. I was like, when you said all that, I was like, oh no, my heart is breaking because I know what we're about to get <laughs> oh, into. No. Um, Full Metal Jacket, the film, was made in 1987 and it was uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick. So it's a long, heavy, hard movie to watch. And the plot goes a little something like this. There are some Marines at boot camp. Literally, the first scene is all of like a squad of Marines at boot camp getting yelled at by a drill instructor. And that's like the first third of the movie. And then the that class of Marines graduates, and the second second half of the movie, second two-thirds of the movie, is army life in Vietnam. And it centers around a few different individuals mostly around a private known as joker um and he's a writer and so he when he goes to vietnam he ends up being a a journalist for a military propaganda newspaper they even go go to lengths to show how he needs to spin stories around to to make them sound better than what's actually going on um but uh, joker is there in vietnam as a soldier and also as a journalist and people die and it's really ugly that's that's the plot of full metal jacket yeah that's the plot this movie was exhausting for the both of us yeah i'm not gonna beat around the bush for that (laughs) from minute one it's it it assaults you and it does not relent and there, I mean, there are moments of levity, but like, mm-hmm. they're all tinged with, you can say death and sadness, like, and stress. like in bad taste, right? Yeah. Like, like some people are making jokes or whatever, and it's a very tense and serious situation. And it's like, they're trying to fool themselves into thinking things are not as bad as they are. I didn't breathe in the first 10 minutes. When the drill sergeant I'm... was yelling at the yeah. recruits. Yeah. Yeah, that pulled me in very well. That was a great job. Did not breathe. I did forget to breathe. And that's just how <laughs> great that scene was. Well, that's, I mean, that's the power of, first of all, that guy did a phenomenal job of, yeah. of portraying that gunnery sergeant. Holy yes. moly. Um, very much, yes. But, 
yeah, like that's the effect. Like he's so scary and he's yelling so much that you you as the audience member are like tensing up and you don't want to you don't want to upset him. But that sets the tone of the movie very yes. well. And so I, I I was braced for any bad thing that could happen at any moment. And I'm pretty sure at some point uh, in the movie I told you, can't wait for all the bad things to happen, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Because we were watching a, a very intense movie about the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, and they happened. Yeah, plenty of bad things happened. You said the first third, but... This is just me nitpicking. It felt like more the first half. It does. Boot. I always think of this movie as two two halves: boot camp and then Vietnam. And mm-hmm. like I checked the time stamp at at the end of boot camp, um, and it was like forty five minutes. That's why I said first third. But it really is. It's two halves. It's two halves. There's there's the boot camp half, and then the graduating class, and not the whole class, but like what the Marines get up to in Vietnam, and specifically Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to, I want to start off by talking about why I brought this movie to you. <laughs> sure. And yeah. I would love I'm to familiar know. familiar with it and, um, why I, th- I think it's very hard to watch, but I still even now think it's worth watching. Um, I, I watched this movie for the first time in college in a psychology class. It was part of the curriculum and specifically we were investigating or discussing the idea of attaching your personality to a larger idea so that Mm. you can live on after death. And that is a big theme in this movie, especially in the first half in the boot camp portion. The gunnery sergeant is bent on grinding these people down to absolute perfect, like blank slates and then rebuilding them from the ground up as Marines. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't care what their what their faith is. He doesn't care uh, what the, anything about them, anything about them whatsoever. And it doesn't matter. He, they must be remade perfectly in his image, and then they are allowed to exist as individuals. And he even goes as far as saying as Marines die, but the Marine Corps lives on forever, and therefore you live forever. And Mm -hmm. that is part of the brainwashing mechanism that is essential for people to become soldiers the way that American soldiers do. Mm -hmm. It's a a viciously effective mechanism, and it's disgusting to see it in action. Of course, this is a movie, this is a dramatization, but it doesn't really feel dishonest. Why did you bring this movie to me? To you specifically, like for this podcast? Yes. Because yes. I knew you had never seen it. And I I think it's I think it's a good movie that like is I also think it's an influential movie. There are I, I'm sure you may have noticed there are a lot of lines in this movie that end up getting reused in other things. Uh-huh. It's like it's it's a it's it's kind of the conceit of this podcast, right? It's it's a classic in some regards. It's a, Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. It's a well-made movie, and uh, I don't know that I would say I like it. <laughs> it's so hard to watch, but um, I, yeah, I think from a from a cinephile perspective, it's worth watching. Okay, I was just wondering. Um, 
I have no regrets watching this movie with you. Okay. Good. If you were worried about that. I was all. a little bit. I'm still I'm still a little worried about bringing it on to the podcast because it's so heavy. Well, so I am struggling to talk about this movie because there's a lot of very heavy things that occur and that we can talk about. And you brought up the whole idea of brainwashing in the military, which is, you know, a thing that happens uh, and it's and it's an it's an occurrence and that that just happens in the first few minutes mm-hmm. right and the movie carries on and you know it it's difficult to talk about this movie because it is portraying war in a very real and honest sense mm-hmm. and that means that there are difficult things that you're confronted with. Correct. And people don't like to talk about th- those things. Correct. And I'm okay with talking about those things, but I don't know how well that will translate through the podcast. I, I, I say you go know. for it. Like, what, what what's on your mind, Ray? I mean, the, one of the first things is the amount... One of the, the, the major things that I noticed that, that sticks out and is recurring throughout the whole thing is... One, the brainwashing, but also the portrayal of masculinity mm-hmm. and the amount of racism and sexism mm-hmm. that is just prevalent throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gross and it's bad and it happened and it still happens. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it was good that the movie did that, I think it was to a degree, but... It's just a lot, you know? It is. It is. I I think one of the most telling moments is how once they get to Vietnam, the the soldiers will hire Vietnamese escorts. And meanwhile, they are gunning down Vietnamese people indiscriminately. There's there's the scene with the guy on a helicopter where he's just shooting and shooting and shooting and... Um, does not care that there's civilians farming, running away, doesn't, doesn't matter. And specifically there's a, the, the, the escorts that they are hiring are probably not of age. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, a few of the people in their squad get picked off by a sniper. And when they finally flush out the sniper and injure her, it turns out that she's, uh, a young girl, like a teenage girl. And one of them mm-hmm. even makes a little reference to the fact that like, oh, she looks like she could have been one of the escorts that we hired. And here they are about to about to kill her. And it's like they 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 cannot wrestle with the hypocrisy that they are that they are living through, that they are that they are mm-hmm. committing. Um be- because they they've been they've been ground down they they they're, they can't they can't do that and do their job right i there the the whole apparatus of war requires people to not see themselves or their enemies or anyone really as people Mm-hmm. And that is part of where all this, the, like the toxic masculinity comes in, the racism, the sexism, all of that feeds right back into it. And 
it, it, it's reinforced by it and created by it. Mm-hmm. I so the so the movie doesn't take any very it takes very few moments to rest, mm-hmm. which is why ten minutes after watching it, I'm still processing a lot of things yeah. in the movie. However, I'm struggling with it because I'm also viewing it through a historical lens. Because if you don't know. Uh, I'm a history major. I'm working <laughs> on my master's. If that is news to you, hi. Well, hello. Welcome to Mock Footage. And I really appreciate what the movie is going for, but also just me as a person. Eh. Like, it's... There's always a conversation about whether or not to portray racism and sexism in movies. Sure. And how to do that. Right. Right. And some people won't watch those movies if those things are involved because, you know, that's actual trauma and anxiety. Uh, And it's very difficult to watch regardless for those who face it in real life every day. I can't decide if I liked the fact that this movie portrayed those things in such a casual manner Mm -hmm. because that's how it was. Yeah. In you know, in the in the Marines and the military and everything, and just in the past, right? Exactly. This this movie was made in '87 and it's portraying a war from the '60s and '70s. The Tet Offensive takes a place during this movie, which is in '68. Right. And the other part of it for me is, does the the creator condone these things? You know, I'm leaning towards no, I, but yeah, still, I mean, it's a question you have to grapple with, and yeah, I'm exactly. going beyond. Just what the movie's about, because I'm still dealing with the entire existence of this movie. If this movie had been made today, and it it included all the things that were included in this movie, it would it would just be more shocking to me and probably less interesting. Like yeah, because there would be a level of oh, they're doing this for flair. Yeah, exactly. Whereas right? I think not not to say that it's okay that it happened when it was made in eighty seven, but I think it was, it was a thing that was less talked about. It was a thing that was it was part of the culture. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And this is a question, and this is a thing we talk about here and there on the podcast is whether or not. Um, What's the words I'm looking for? Help. I, I don't know. I I've been having that it. problem this whole record. So <laughs> I know. Um, it was... Whether or not when this movie was made excuses the choices that were made. Sure. Remember, we've talked about that before, and I still don't think there's like an easy conclusion no. to that. And it's more of a personal choice. Yes. But it's definitely something to consider if you're going to watch this movie. I'll say this. Like. For me, like every time that they drop slurs in this movie, which is frequent, uh, it is uh-huh. hard. It, it's it's hard to like listen to that. It's it's hard to hear it, and it distracts from the rest of the movie. But nothing yeah. about watching this movie is easy either. I, right. I, there are moments in this movie where I just checked out, where I had to check yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both in like within the context of war and racism and sexism. Whenever those scenes happened, I'm like, I am gonna look at my Tamagotchi and see if it's sleeping yet, <laughs> uh, and just not pay attention because for my own health and safety, I cannot sit through this 
for any longer than I have and to. And this is this is wild because because of the the layers of of separation we have, right? Like we're having uh-huh. trouble watching this movie from events that are portrayed from 50 years ago that the movie was made what 30 30 plus years ago. Mhm. And we're here sitting in our in our bedrooms watching this movie watching this movie we're not in the vietnam war there there's a certain level of separation and privilege that we have and yet we are still struggling thank you for saying what i was trying to say (laughs) i i got you um and you know that's just i think that's just the mark of a good piece of media i think I don't know a whole lot about the Vietnam War. I've learned lots about it. I remember names. I remember the Tet Offensive. I remember mm-hmm. My Lai and the massacre that happened there. Uh, and I remember the Ho-, Ho Chi Minh Trail. But, like, the thing is that my memory on it is always fuzzy because I dump information about that war so quickly. Because it's it's so hard, and it you know like trying to nail down the dates of when certain things happened or whatever for the second half of the episode, I'm like, there's this whole long article about everything that happened in the war. I'm like, I, how could anybody study this? <laughs> okay, so let me physically roll up my sleeves. <laughs> yeah, I real can hear quick. it because I I'm happy that you bring that up because the Vietnam War is always an event that I struggle with, not because of what happened, but because growing up in school, we never learned about it. Yeah. We like learned about it at the very end of a year. Yeah. Because there was so much other information you had to cram in that the teachers had to cram in. Everything doesn't make sense to me. And I struggle remembering those historical events. I remember from grade school, like from from public school, I specifically remember the bolded word in my history textbook, the 38th parallel. Um, I I remember that one. (laughs) I love this story very much. But... Well, I, I was going to say is the old, like I've learned, a, I learned a little bit more about the Vietnam War in this class that I took in college and in other college classes and here and there. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like in my just standard, if you will, public education, it was kind of just brushed past. Right. And that's just for us. Right. right? And I'm not here to make, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about standardization and curriculum in public schools <laughs> while, while watching a movie about the Vietnam War. I'm not, if you, if you want that, DM me on Twitter. We can talk, but that's not the point. But the point I'm making is we're struck, we struggle with this movie because it's grounded in events that we should know about, but we don't yeah. because of our lack of experience and education with it. Yeah. For whatever reason, yeah, right? Because for a lot of people in the United States, in public school especially, let's talk about World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know lots about World War II. The World War with an unmistakable evil villain that we, that we the United States, unmistakably uh-huh. entered and won. And like there's uh-huh. like, you know, all the things that we, we can talk it. about, all of the glory. Like this, this was war, and it was good for U.S. Um, Vietnam, uh-huh. 
did we win? What was our goal? Why were we there? <laughs> but also, here's the other thing, and again, I'm going into historiography with this, is that because the Vietnam War was so recent, in, when we were growing yeah. up, no one still understood the the full impact. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they would talk about it, but there was no real, like, analyzing of what it meant historically yeah. yet. It was still just a, a, a period of time that happened that had to be covered because it was a major world event. So, I'm rambling about education. Who wants to take the microphone from me? Um, Joe. I think I want to talk about the first half of the movie again as one of my last points in that the the atrocities covered in this movie are not only the atrocities covered by what happened in Vietnam, but the atrocities of how boot camp was run during the Vietnam War. Um, Are you talking about the superb performance that Vincent D'Onofrio had in the first half of the movie? I am. I am talking about that performance uh, where he performed... uh, what was his name? Leonard Leonard Lawrence was one mm-hmm. of the recruits and was just kind of not too great at being a Marine. He kept making mistakes and kept getting punished for it then to the point that his uh, fellow recruits were getting punished for his mistakes to the point that his fellow recruits beat the crap out of him while he was sleeping um, to the point that he kind of broke mentally Um And I don't know that I love the portrayal of how he kind of went off the deep end or whatever, and he was just kind of crazy after that happened. But there is something to be said about somebody being pushed too much. He clearly Mm -hmm. wasn't made for this. He clearly shouldn't have been there, and he should have been sent home. Um, But that wasn't an option, you know? Like, he had to be broken and rebuilt. And I think that it's really telling that um so so what happened with him is that at the end of when all of the marines graduated from boot camp that final night that they were in the bunk together lawrence is found by joker in the bathroom and he is holding a rifle and he is slowly putting it together and loading it and then he starts uh yelling he's chanting his prayer to his rifle which is a thing that they're required to do Mm -hmm. And then the gunnery sergeant runs into the bathroom and starts yelling at him. And he's like, what do you think you're doing? This is your... And he's yelling at him with the same authoritative, proud, angry voice. And he has no... he, he, He still, in that moment, cannot see how badly he's messed up with Lawrence. And he continues mm-hmm. to approach Lawrence into, until the point that Lawrence ends up shooting him, the gunnery sergeant, and then sitting on the toilet and shooting himself. And, like, the the fact that the gunnery sergeant was so angry and so robotic in the way that he acted with these recruits that he could not take stock of that situation where he was clearly not in control and he still fully believe that he was in control and that's what got him killed and he still thinks he did the right thing i'm sure of it like that's i don't know that that definitely stuck with me that scene is probably the most memorable part of the movie to me which is it's very powerful comes from yeah yes 
Well, my old jacket is a bullet. Um, <laughs> um, I had a thought that w- it was a passing thought, but it stuck with me throughout the movie about the the the, the combination of church and state. Yes. <laughs> uh, during the Christmas scene. You know what I'm talking about? The Christmas scene. It was Christmas. It was Jesus's birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. And 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 the sergeant's whole speech about um oh now I'm blanking. Oh, about how he... we we are gonna go and win the war in Vietnam uh, because God is on our side and yeah. You 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 can love Jesus in your heart, but your butt belongs to the Marine Corps. Yeah, that it was a small moment, and, and it doesn't like come back. But it's you know, it's just something to think the, about. Yeah, I mean, there are several instances where the gunnery sergeant says to the to his recruits that you believe in God, you believe in the Virgin Mary, you like you are a Christian through and through. You will go to divine worship uh, at 0800 on Sunday morning, you know, whatever. Like and that's just there is no discussion about it. Again, it's mm-hmm. it's the same mechanism of of grinding these people down into a blank slate so that they can be rebuilt in the image of Uncle Sam. Yeah. Whatever is most useful to them. And Joker's whole deal with his like born to kill helmet and his peace pin, uh, it's kind of cool, right? <laughs> I mean, it was like it's a conversation. It's kind of cool. I, I think convers- that the the, the punchline of that joke is the the final scene of the movie or the penultimate scene of the movie where he mercy kills the sniper who's been injured. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the thousand yard stare, did we? Uh, no. That's that's. That's part of Joker's whole journey. Yeah. I think that's the episode. Uh, yeah. I Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. This is a really tough movie to watch. I'm glad you watched it with me. I'm glad that it didn't make you sick to your stomach and hate my guts. Um, well, one of those happened. Shoot. No, not that one. <laughs> okay, good. You Got a little sicky. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, um... I don't think that I want to ask what your favorite line was this time. So instead, I will thank our listeners for <laughs> uh, for for listening along. I hope that you found this episode interesting. <laughs> if you stuck around, thank, thank you. you. I hope you got a lot out of it. We'll be back to more silly fun times next week, for sure. Well, it's, these, these episodes will be few and far between, I, I assure you. Um, Ray, thanks one more time for watching this this film with me. Uh, would you recommend it to somebody who had never seen it before? That is a loaded question. <laughs> sure is, isn't it? Locked and loaded, even. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, I would. I, I, I would recommend this movie. Honestly, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. I think I would be very selective in my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in my recommendations. Um, I wouldn't just be like, "Hey, uh, ex friend here that I I love and care about, you should watch this movie because like if it's something that you're thinking about and something that you'd like to know more about, 
I would recommend this to you. Don't watch it alone, probably. Yeah. I would not watch this alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to have somebody to decompress with. I watched this the first time yeah. in the class, and I'm watching it again with you now. And you're hearing us live, basically, immediately after the movie ended, trying to sort through our thoughts. Like, don't try to do that on your own. No, you'll just, like, spiral in your own thoughts. Do Just... If you're going to watch it, find a friend who is equally as interested in watching it with you. Do not force someone to watch this. That is just mean. So, yes, I would recommend it with an asterisk, yeah. which is most of my answers anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, all right. Well, cool. I, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you see the value in it because that makes me feel like I'm a history major. Less of a silly fool. <laughs> uh, speaking of silly fools, Ryan Chongo, <laughs> thank you so much for the use of the song "Hat of Serenity" off of your album "Hat Shop" for our our, our theme. Uh, also, thank you to Ross Jerson for for the wonderful art. Yes, uh, thank you, Ross. Thank you, Chongo, and. Thank you to you, listener. You can reach us on Twitter at MockFootage. You can send emails to MockFootage at gmail.com. Please reach out and let us know what you think of the show. This is one... Do you, do you want more episodes yeah, like this? Yeah, that's a good question. I want to know if you want us to cover heavier movies like this. We definitely can't do them super often, but... Um, and, and we've definitely kind of run into them by mistake before, but I knew that this one was going to be challenging. And I, and I want to know if you think I should keep it up sometimes or maybe just stay away from topics like, or not topics like this, but movies that are explicitly hard to watch. Um, anyway, that would be useful for me. Go ahead and give me some programming notes. Thanks audience. Uh, Thanks, y'all. and if you did like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Ray, we're not going to do a favorite line this episode, I don't think. Unless you have one that's sticking out to you. I No. No, not particularly. Maybe ask me in a week. Okay. Maybe I'll think of something. Okay. Uh, how about this? War. Huh. What is it good for? Is that anything... I mean, it's some everything is something, though. <laughs> I don't know how to end the episode. Uh, what's the quote from Fallout? Wawa. Uh, I'm trying to. Wawa never it, changes. It never changes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't want to make light of this. <laughs> is the thing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Learn about wars, maybe. I don't know. I can't say that because I didn't. <laughs> Educate yourself. Educate yourself and educate others. And that doesn't necessarily come in the form of watching a Stanley Kubrick movie because they're fun, but they're not necessarily scripture. Um, but it's a perspective. And gather up some perspectives, folks. Are you laughing at me? No. Okay. I was very happy with your words. Okay. We're cool. done. All right. That's, you should end it on that. Okay.